Hi, welcome to the Mic Locker. Today's episode is about miking banjos, featuring our special guest, Todd Banjo Man Taylor. Todd has gold records, multi-Grammy nominations, and is an official Gretsch artist, and even has his own holiday named after him in South Carolina. There's an art to recording acoustic instruments. Number one, you got to have decent microphones. I'm Roger Cloud. Let's open the mic locker. Today, we're going to compare the sound of a dynamic, a condenser, and a ribbon microphone on the banjo. We set up all three mics so that we could capture one performance and compare the different sounds. First, let's listen to the sound of the banjo through the Sennheiser MD421 dynamic microphone. Now let's check out that same performance through a Neumann U87 condenser microphone. Finally, let's hear it through the Cloud 44A ribbon microphone. Wow, you can see that they're very distinct and very different. Each one has its own sound. And for an instrument like this, where you have a lot of high-frequency material, it's kind of an aggressive sound. It's very uh, shrill in some ways. It's very piercing. With an instrument like this, where it has a lot of high-frequency material, um, the ribbon seems to really shine the most because it, it doesn't allow those transients to be super aggressive. Because of the nature of a ribbon, a ribbon responds physically and moves to the sound wave, and it does so in a way that's gradual and slow like an actual eardrum is, as opposed to a condenser mic where the transient is very fast because of the tight foil. Now, the Neumann is a very good condenser microphone, so it's, it's pretty good at, uh, at capturing some depth, but it still has a lot of top end, and it's still a bit aggressive, but much less so than an inexpensive condenser. In this case, the dynamic microphone sounded particularly harsh to me. I was actually pretty surprised by it. But the banjo is a very difficult instrument to capture in the studio. And we're comparing the sound of the dynamic microphone to a high-end condenser and a high-end ribbon. That's why we do these tests, so that we can all learn more. Let's listen again. Here's the Neumann U87. Now let's have a little listen to the ribbon. You see how the mid-range comes out more with the ribbon, but the upper band frequencies are less aggressive? Now let's have one more listen to the uh, dynamic. Now let's compare that to the ribbon. One more time with the U87.
You see how much more aggressive that is? Now let's go back and listen to a little longer clip with the uh, ribbon microphone. See, I just like the way the ribbon has a slower rise time with those transients. The dynamic microphone, it was a bit harsh and thin, where the condenser microphone was much more full, but it was still somewhat aggressive on the top end. On the other hand, the ribbon microphone, it's just better at taming those harsh frequencies that can become so aggressive. It sits with a really nice focus on the mid-range. Now I want to welcome to the show Mr. Todd Banjo-Man-Taylor. Hi, Todd. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Roger. It's an honor to be on your show. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your experiences and your technical expertise. Well, yeah, I'm glad to be here to be able to talk about a lot of it. I've been uh, blessed uh, in the music industry. I've worked hard. hard. You know, hard work pays off, and uh, it's been a great ride and it's still continuing and like I say people say when do you think you'll ever stop playing I say well probably when I fall over on stage (laughs) (laughs) today we're talking about miking banjos yes there's an art to recording acoustic instruments number one you got to have decent microphones Uh, number two you need to have your room whether it's a bedroom or whatever you're recording in, it don't matter. I've recorded Grammy albums in bedrooms, but it's all about the room treatment. And when I say treated, I know a lot of people have home studios, and I can't stress this enough. The number one thing in that studio you need to do is don't cover the walls with all those wedges and stuff like that. All you need is four bass traps in each corner from the ceiling to the floor, and then a couple of other wedges behind you and uh, on each other side of you and that's about it yeah i totally agree you know i like a wood floor the best because the wood floor is a little bit softer than tile correct but it's hard enough the way that we're used to hearing sound we're used to hearing it bounce off the floor harder floors especially the wood where it's just a little bit softer but it's still harder than carpet to me has the best sound and i like the way that wood resonates with the sound waves too you're right the wood gives it a certain kind of resonance and hear a difference in that i particularly like it with recording drums you know because then the whole floor becomes part of a soundboard and it's a very similar way that it does with an acoustic instrument that's exactly right it sure does and once that room's treated you can really get some great sounds out of the acoustic instruments but the mic proximity on the instruments is another key and with banjos my favorite sweet spot to mic a banjo is right where the neck meets the body and uh, put it about probably 10 to 12, 15 inches away. But it, that's up to your ears what you want to do on that. But anything behind the banjo where the, the round part is, it's just not going to give you a good sound. When I record acoustic guitars, like right there where the neck meets the body, about probably about 12 inches away, then I'll take another mic and I'll put it right off the sound hole kind of in the middle in the front right i like that too you get a little more of that woody sound correct you get a little more of that woody sound by contrast if you go down towards the bridge you get a brighter sound that's correct 
especially with banjos. I get asked this all the time. The number one killer for banjo. People don't realize, you know, banjos are high end. You don't want to go near the bridge at all. Right. They're already plenty bright. And, you know, when I first started, I was using a lot of uh, uh, regular condenser microphones and stuff like that. They're great. They sound good. But you have to do a lot of EQing and stuff like that. They're not forgiving. No, they're not very forgiving. That's for sure. Yeah, that's correct. Then I got into uh, ribbon microphones. And that's when my whole world changed. And, you know, I've used MXL ribbon microphones, even the cheap $99 Nady microphones. And so I was on the search to get that boost that I needed for my ribbon microphones. And uh, I just happened to run across the Cloudlifter CL1 mic activator. And when I got it, I was amazed at how it's crystal clear. The signal, it gives you everything you need, and it sounds good. You, you mentioned the ribbon microphones. The, are those the microphones that you like best for acoustic instruments? That's it. I love them. Also, I like them for mic and cab, amp cabinets, too. They sound real good. But for my banjos, I'll never mic my banjo with nothing else but the Cloud 44A ribbon microphone. And that's what I'm talking to you on right now. What I like about that mic, it's already got a cloud lifter built in it. The first time I used it, I was like blowed away. I could tell so much of a difference. The quality, no EQing at all. That microphone doesn't color anything. It's just amazing. The mic records that banjo or whatever instrument it, just like it is when you're hearing it from your ear. It's amazing. I think somebody said it's uh, compared to the, the old RCA 44 or something like that. That's right. You've probably used some of those back in the day, have you? I have, and I'll honestly tell you this, not because I'm talking to you, I think it sounds better. Well, it probably has a lower noise floor, if anything. That is something I have also noticed. I don't hear any noise out of it. I love it. I mean, it's a great microphone, people. Well, with the 44A, we just really wanted to make something incredibly natural, and I'm glad that that's working out real good for you. And I will say it, it is natural. And, you know, a lot of companies claim, oh, this microphone's this or that, and I'm not knocking them. But the proof's in the pudding, man, when you're in the studio and when you're using the microphone. And I'm very anal about sound. And that microphone, to me, is the only go-to microphone for me now for everything. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you want to use different microphones on different instruments to give them uh, a different sound, but it's where you move the microphone and the proximity of the microphone, just like even on the banjo, you know, you can get a lot of sounds out of the microphone. And and now it's the Cloud 44A, it sounds That's like. That's correct, the Cloud 44A. What amazes me about it, it's a very forgiving microphone. It's got low noise, and no matter where I put it on the banjo, it sounds amazing. And even farther away, it picks it up. It's just amazing how it sounds. Cool. I mean, I'm blown away by it. I come from the old school, you know, working with a lot of these guys in Nashville. The number one thing that I learned in recording is you get that great track if you got the decent stuff. You know, a lot of people that I know, they'll say, well, I got this uh, patch that I can patch through my system through Pro Tools, and it'll make my microphone sound like a tube microphone or or a ribbon microphone, and I tell them, I say, look, 
if you want a tube microphone sound, you got to have a tube microphone. If you want a ribbon microphone sound, you got to have a ribbon microphone. I don't believe in plug-ins on instruments and stuff. If you want a, a Grammy recording CD that could get a Grammy award, you got to do it the right way, in my opinion, if it's with acoustic instruments and stuff, too. If you can get it on the way in, that's going to always be better. Yep. Sometimes if you're micing something, and you've probably found this too, if, if, if you don't like the way it sounds, move the mic a little. That's your EQ. That's your proximity effect. That's your EQ. There you go. You just nailed it. That's the first place to start. When you're recording, you want those tracks to be the best they can be when they're in there. You don't want to have to do a lot of EQing, a lot of any of that stuff. And it's all about what you just said. If it's not sounding right, move the microphone. Yeah. Get it to where it's sounding right before you start recording. And then you got something. So how did you get your start in music? Well, I was six years old, and uh, we went to uh, Disney World, and we went over to the river paddle boat, and there was a guy strumming a banjo. It was a tenor banjo, and I was just a kid, and I was mesmerized by that. So on the trip back home, I kept telling my mom, I want a banjo, I want a banjo. So finally, she bought it for me, and uh, it was a K banjo. I just kept playing and playing and playing, and by the time I was probably 12 years old, uh, I was in a family member group. We toured with uh, Bill Monroe. Bill Monroe. The boys from every legendary artist in bluegrass music, we toured with them. Wow. And we was at the, uh, the Grand Ole Opry when we were 13 or 14. We also was doing Nashville on the road show and with Jerry Clower, Stella Parton, David Sugar, Leon Everett, just many, many greats back then. And that was before Alabama had come out. See, a lot of people don't realize I grew up in Southern rock. Mm. I did listen to bluegrass, but I, lo I just loved the banjo. But I played rock and roll with the banjo. Yeah. People didn't know it. So what I would do is I'd take and I would uh, transcribe all these songs like Freebird, Stairway to Heaven, uh, Eric Clapton, Crossroads. And I'd do arrangements for the banjo. Wow. And I would copyright my arrangements. And back then, there was no picking on CDs, nobody in bluegrass, nobody in was doing that kind of stuff. That's right. You were one of the pioneers of that. I understand you were the first banjo player to break into the top 40 with your arrangement of Leonard Skinner's Freebird. Is that right? That is correct. We did that at Marshall Tucker's studio in Moore, South Carolina. Before I did that project, I wanted to make sure the guys in Skinner would be all right with me doing that because you don't take that. That's a serious song, you know. Yeah. And uh, they gave me their blessings, and they said better than that, you know, that they would be a part of it. But anyway, we recorded Freebird and that whole album in one day, all of us live, and it was incredible. Yeah, that's how music used to be done. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it still is, but uh, more and more we're slicing it up into little pieces yeah. and trying to put it back together. But I, I like that. You know, you just go in there and you have to have musicianship. And just... That's it. But everybody told me, you know, you can't play rock with a banjo. It's not going to happen. And when it went out, within four weeks on the top in the top 40th with Freebird, I was nice. it was like still when I talk to you about it today, which I'm looking at the gold record here in my studio, it blows me away. But, <laughs> but it happened. That's incredible. Now let's take a listen to a clip from Todd Taylor's arrangement of Freebird.
Here's a clip of another song arranged by Todd Taylor, his take on Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train. This was recorded recently with a Cloud 44A ribbon microphone. Wow, that was cool. I think it's really something that you were one of the first banjo players to play rock and roll. Let me put something out here. John McEwing of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, uh, he was playing on stuff now before I took the banjo to the top 40, but it was a background instrument. He played on Led Zeppelin's Hangman. Wow. He's actually the player that played on Marshall Tucker's Long Hard Ride. Yes, and he he did that back then before I did what I did. But when I did what I did, I took the banjo as a solo instrument, the forefront instrument into rock and roll. And Freebird still to this day is one of the hottest songs and, and it still sounds as fresh as it did the day it was recorded. Yeah. You know, so anybody out there listening, if you're doing anything in music, don't give up. You gotta be different and stick with it no matter how hard it is. That's right. And it'll pay off one day. I found something really interesting out about you and Uh oh, what is it? Second Tuesday in March annually is uh, South Carolina Banjo Day in honor of Todd Taylor. What an honor. How did that come about? Wow. You know, I received the uh, Order of the Palmetto, which is the highest honor you can uh, receive in the state of South Carolina. Then I got the holiday in my name because I always promote my state of South Carolina because I love it. It's a real honor to have my holiday annually for, you know, when I'm dead and gone, it'll be Todd Taylor Banjo Day to second Tuesday in March annually, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'd say so. I also read that you were the first person to be recognized in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the fastest banjo player. Is that true? Yeah, uh, I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm in the Ripley's Believe It or Not. But the reason I set that record was for all the handicapped people in the world to know that you can do anything with a disability because I suffer from a rare terminal muscle disease called mitochondrial myopathy complex 1. And uh, that's the reason I set that record. And if anybody's listening today... Do not give up, you know, keep your faith up and yeah. keep your mind, you know, and you can do it. You can accomplish anything. Yeah, that's great advice, Todd. Thanks. Hey, so I want to ask a little bit about, you've got a new book and DVD coming out on Hal Leonard. It's Five String Banjo Setup and Maintenance. That's correct. So could you tell us about that yeah. and how that came about and how that could help our uh, banjo players out there? Yeah, well, a lot of banjo players around the United States and all over the world, I get lots of emails. Uh, how do you set your banjo up? It sounds so good. Or how do you do this and that? And there's not a lot of great books out there and DVDs that really go into depth that really show it like a hands-on thing. The book, as you said, is called Todd Taylor's Five-String Banjo Setup and Maintenance, put out by Hal Leonard Center String Publishing. And what it is, I go into depth on how to uh, tune your banjo head, how to uh, set action, how to uh, fix your nut if your nut's worn down. And I go into full detail on how to do all that kind of stuff. It sounds like a must-have 
that book if you're a banjo player, especially those starting out that haven't learned all those tricks yet. So. And see, this book and DVD is for the person that's never laid a hand on a banjo. I did it in the layman's term. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. So a person that has never held a banjo, if they wanted to set the banjo up, they could take this book and DVD and bam, they could set their banjo up to where it plays smooth and plays easy, which is what I wanted to accomplish with it. And it's come out really good. Oh, that's great. Please check out Todd Taylor's new book and DVD, Five String Banjo Setup and Maintenance, available on Hal Leonard. Todd, can you please tell us about your multiple Grammy nominations? I was nominated for producing, engineering, also best singles, best uh, bluegrass album. The first album was Blazing Bluegrass Banjo. And that's a funny story how that album come about. Uh, Tell us the story. The day that I got the phone call from Nashville, Thornton Klein, he calls me on the phone now one day, and uh, I have a jacuzzi bathtub in my house. I was getting ready, because I got this muscle disease, I was filling it up, getting ready to get in it for my muscles, and he calls me on the phone and says, are you sitting down? And I said, uh, yes. He said, well, you just been Grammy nominated, Blazing Bluegrass Banjo, blah, blah, blah. And I was so excited, I forgot that I'd left that water running. So I went up to Texas Roadhouse and celebrated with my friends up there. And about four and a half hours later, I said, oh, my God. They said, what? I said, y'all not, oh, Lord. I said, I got to go. We can laugh and now, right? When I pulled, <laughs> but you yeah, weren't laughing you can laugh then. now. When I pulled into the driveway, water was coming out the front doors. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Water was coming out the front doors, and I said, oh, my Lord. I went in, and it was just unbelievable. It was up to the legs on all the furniture. It was just soaked it up, and I had to live on my tour bus for about three months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I'll never forget that. I'll never forget Blazing Bluegrass Banjo. <laughs> <laughs> Blazing Bluegrass Banjo. Well, that's incredible. Well, thanks, Todd. We really appreciate you coming on our show. Uh, is there anything you want to share with our audience? I just want everybody to know that's listening that I love everybody and God bless you all. No matter what your dreams are or what are you doing in your life, stay positive, work hard at it, and just stay with it and your dreams will come true. I got to say one thing, and I really do cherish this cloud lifter. I wouldn't take a million dollars for it because it's signed by Roger Cloud, folks. It's to my friend, (laughs) Todd Taylor. Well, thanks, Todd. Uh, You know, Todd, I just want to say we really appreciate all the great music that you're making with the Cloud Lifter and, of course, with the Cloud Mics. Oh, yeah. The Cloud 44A. It changed my life. I got to tell you, folks, you got to get this microphone. I'm not telling you this because I'm talking to Roger now. I'm talking from experience. Hey, I'll tell you what, if you buy a Cloud 44A and you don't like it, I'll give you your money back for it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you would have to be uh, deaf and not know anything about recording. But I'm going to tell you, it's a very forgiving microphone. You've used thousands of microphones, I would imagine, over thousands the years. Of, oh, yeah. I've played through vintage, them all. Vintage, new, condenser, ribbon, yeah, dynamic. Vintage, yeah. Oh, yeah. Russian microphones. Anything you can dream of, I've had it all, and everybody goes through that. I did a vocal session this past week for somebody pretty big. They were blown away. They they couldn't get over how crystal clear the uh, Cloud 44A was. They were just like, wow, wow, and that's all they could say. 
Hey, well, thanks for coming on our show. I really enjoyed hearing your stories and hearing about your projects. And I know our listeners will as well. Thank you. And if anybody wants to go to my website, it's ToddTaylorBanjoMan.com. ToddTaylorBanjoMan.com. Thanks for listening to the Mike Locker. That was Todd Taylor. Be sure to check out Todd's new book, Five String Banjo Setup and Maintenance, and DVD available on Hal Leonard. You might find Todd with the Oak Ridge Boys on tour. You might find him at the Grand Old Opry. And don't forget about Banjo Day, the second Tuesday of every March in South Carolina. State holiday, folks. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Mike Locker. I'm your host, Roger Cloud. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.